0: This is what we're going to be talking about for the course of several weeks in sitcom. We're going to be talking about blended families, we're going to talk about healthy marriage equals a healthy family, we're going to talk about family trauma, I mean, no, we're we're, we're going to be real in this church, we're going to talk about family trauma, we're going to talk about identity and sexuality. We're going to talk about boundaries. And I'll tell you what, I'll never, I'll, I'll, there will never be shock value, but it's going to be information. We're going to talk about boundaries. We've got to protect what's important to us. I'm going to talk about family versus faith. Not family and faith, but family versus faith. Kind of the tension of that. I'm going to talk about financial freedom. We're going to talk about raising world changers. Come on, somebody. And this is what we're going to do. And I love this in Matthew chapter 13. It says, So then, you're no longer strangers in aliens, your fellow citizens. Man, if you're first time with us today, man, we're family. Me, familia, we're family. I love this, with the saints and the members of the household of God, of the household of God. And this is what uh, I want to take place during sitcom for this next several weeks that we're gonna be built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Christ himself being the cornerstone with whom the uh, the whole structure being joined together and grows in the holy temple of the Lord. In him we're also being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And so this is what I want us to do in the next several weeks. And many of you, when you walked in here today, you received a notebook. How many love this notebook, right? Come on, somebody. Right? This is the old school notebooks. And we cut it in half because, you know, money, you know. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm joking. Now these, these were made like this. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to bring these every week. Yeah. Now I want you to take notes. I want you to write down things. And listen to me. There's no fill in the blanks, all right? So you write down what, 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 what really the Holy Spirit hits, hits you with. So if you're reading this, you go, oh, that's great, Matthew 13, 19. But all of a sudden, boom, you said, you what? I want to be joined and built together. I want something to change in my life, in my family, in my marriage, in my relationship. I want something to be different. I want to be joined together and I want to grow together and I want to be built together for a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. How many are excited for this series? All right, it's going to be a powerful collection of talks. But man, we're going to write it down because I really believe, man, we'll, we'll get, we'll get, we talked about the Holy Spirit last week. Man, we'll get information plus revelation and we'll walk out of here change, but I promise you, the devil could take it away from our mind, but he can 't take it off paper I've been, I mean this is, I have ADHD all right i 'll sit down and go what was that? It was so good what was it I thought I would remember it, but then I go into my notes and go that 's what it meant. This is what it means. Holy Spirit speak to me you could use this for Sunday mornings you could use this as every single day every single morning write down what you think God is speaking to you and I want you I want you to here 's my thing i 'm probably spending too much time on this, but this is so important I want you to even guess what you think God is telling you in the morning. Just write down. Remember, God is always positive, right? He's, he, he convicts, never condemns. Conviction means, hey, hey, I love you, but let's change this, okay? Let's do it together. Because I want you to be joined together. I want you to be built together. And I want us to grow together by God in the Spirit. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for this incredible church. Thank you for what you're doing inside of us and through us. Father, thank you for the generosity of our church. Father, I thank you that this church leans in. I thank you that leaders take notes, Father. And I just pray by the power of your Holy Spirit, may today not be information, but revelation that's going to change our families, our relationships, whether we're married, single, or dating. And Father, I pray for your praise and your glory. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it! Amen. Amen. Now we're going to get serious. We're going to get serious. Um, last night, my family and I, we went to a Las Vegas Raiders game. And uh, man, we had fun. It was a blast. Parking, not so much, but everything else. Super fun. It was super fun. And uh, they actually, we actually took a picture, my wife, uh, Levi, his friend Crew, and myself. And here's our photo from last night. Come on, it was so fun. <laughs> it was so fun. I'm still getting the makeup off in the. Uh, no? That's, that's Okay, we got a little bit. Okay, maybe not. And so here's our family and I last night. And I want you to look at this picture, all right? We had a blast. I got my Raiders shirt on. Pastor Lindsey's got a Raiders shirt on. Uh, this is our friend Crew and Levi. And, and, and real quick, what's Levi wearing? Seahawks jersey. All right, and so uh, Grandpa was like, yo, bro, you don't roll up at a Raiders game wearing Packers, all right? Like, he's got cheese hats, and he's got all kinds of stuff. And Levi's on a spiritual journey. And so pray with him. He still, he doesn't get it yet, you know. He likes winning or something. I don't know. But he was wearing a Seahawks jersey, so we get in the stadium, and I got my Raiders. Pastor Lindsay's got her Raiders, and they got their Seahawks, because Cruz, a big Seahawks fan from Washington, so Levi, I'm going to wear one to support you. And, and we get into the seats, and Levi goes in all the way to the seats and sits down next to an older Raiders fan, and uh, first thing Levi says to him, I did even know he was going to talk to the guy, Levi says to him and goes, I'm not really a Seahawks fan. <laughs> and the guy was like... What? You know? And he's like, my friend is. I'm just supporting him. That's the first thing he said. And then all night, like right, the, uh, the Seahawks would score a touchdown, right? They, they got a defensive touchdown, boom. Levi and crew get up, yeah! All the Raiders people around us, like, boo, sit down, you know, having a good time with these kids. And then Levi's like, yeah! And he goes, I'm not really a Seahawks fan. <laughs> Because a lot of times when we talk about sitcom, parenting, being a part of family, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm dating, or I'm seeking, or how I many you know, church is a good place to seek someone to date, come on, somebody, right? I'm dating, I'm seeking, I'm engaged, I, I have children, a child's on the way. A lot of times we say, this is, this is not really who I am. And a lot of times Levi's going, no, I'm a a Packer fan, but I'm wearing Seahawks, but I'm in a Raiders stadium, like, I don't know who I am. And here's my fear with sitcom. My fear is that we become stuck in comparison. I don't want us to get stuck in comparison. Now listen to me, we can compare, and there's healthy ways to do that. But a lot of times we get stuck in that comparison. Levi, who are you? I don't know. My Packers, my Seahawks, my Raiders. I don't know who I am. For many of us in this room, am I Christ follower? I want to be, but my feelings get the best of me. Man, my family, we, we, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Man, I got pretty upset yesterday. As for me and my house, we're going to, we got this. Man, I wasn't faithful didn't read God's word, or pray, or the Holy Spirit's a whole new concept for me. Man, we can get stuck in comparison. We can look at other families and literally tell ourselves, why can't my kids be like their kids? Can okay, I get an amen? Right? Like, some people, you, you make my kids look like Raiders fans. And go, am I doing this the right way? Am, am I, am I, I'm a pastor, and am I implementing? And we get stuck in comparison. We go on social media, and we'll look at other people and go, man, their life is so good. They have it so well put together. I mean, their captions are phenomenal. I can't do that. I don't have that kind of life. I would post like them, but I have nothing to post because I'm stuck in comparison. I don't know who I am. And so I don't want you to, during sitcom, go, ah, I'm just, I'm stuck. I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't know where to go. So we don't grow. We're not joined together. So I want you to be, I don't want you to be stuck in comparison. I want us to walk in confidence. So are we stuck in comparison today, or are we walking in confidence? Are we stuck in comparison, or are we walking in confidence? Are we stuck in comparison, or are we walking in confidence? And I've been be able to, uh, you know, this week praying and, and saying, God, what, you know, what, why is this such a big deal? Because so many Christ followers were too busy comparing instead of growing. Man, we're too busy comparing instead of saying, I'm just, I'm going to take a step. Because don't you dare compare someone's 10 years to my one year. Man, yeah, I've been saved for eternity, but what about me? We're all on a spiritual journey. We're all growing together. And I love this. There's a, a powerful Bible character in the Bible in Exodus. His name was Moses. How I many remember Moses, right? He's got movies, a cartoon version of Moses. There's a weird one with Christian Bale, you know, like... <laughs> There's all kinds of Moses movies with Charleston Heston with the Ten Commandments, where's my 1960s, you know, and the the Ten Commandments, or or we know Moses who put the staff in the Red Sea, and the water split apart so the children of Israel can come across, and then the sea collapsed amongst the Egyptians, like Moses is powerful, he would go up on the mountain and come back down, his face was shining bright, because he was in the presence of of God. But can I tell you, it looked like Moses walked in confidence, but actually at an earlier age, he was stuck in comparison. He was stuck in comparison. Here's what Exodus chapter 2 says, Now a man from the house of Levi, a godly house, went and took his wife, a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son, and when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. And the reason why she hid him for three months is because the Egyptian pharaoh saw that the Hebrew boys were being born and thought, man, they're going to grow up and outnumber us. And when they're of age, when they're strong, when they're men, they're going to overthrow my house. So he made a decree and said, kill every male Hebrew child that is born. So she hid him for three months when she could hide him no longer. She took for a basket, made a uh, ball rushes and dabbed it with bit and pitch. all right she put the child in it and placed it amongst the reeds by the river bank all right this is i love this she is so she is so holy right she's from the tribe of levi she is so holy but she's a little hood too come on somebody hit the child for three months like what was that nothing nothing glory to god puts him in a basket throws him down the river like lord be with you and something I felt like doing that, right? Like, there's no decree, but take them. <laughs> I love this. You know the family's holy behood. When Moses' sister stood at a distance to know what would be done to him. So as the basket's on the river, she's like, right? Checking it out. I love this. Now the daughter of Pharaoh, an Egyptian, came down to bathe at the river. She saw the basket amongst the reeds and sent her servant woman when she opened it she saw the child behold the baby was crying she took pity on the baby and said this is one of the hebrews children this is one of them not mine but one of them and then she says this then his sister said to the pharaoh's daughter i love this she's like it's a baby it must be one of theirs the sister just comes out of nowhere hey and the sister says shall i go and call you a nurse from the hebrew women to nurse the child for you And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. And the girl went and called to the child's mother. She went back to Moses' mom and said, I got a hookup. Right? And so she brought the mom over. And the Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child, nurse him for me, and I will pay you for it. Come on, somebody. I love that, right? I'll pay you for it. So the woman took the child and nursed him. And here's what's interesting. When the child grew older... She brought him to Pharaoh's daughter, and Moses became her son. Moses, a Hebrew baby, became a son of the Pharaoh's daughter. A Hebrew now living in the palace. A Hebrew living with the Egyptians. And there's such a tension for Moses. He's, not, he's stuck between comparisons, but when you live in that lane, Here's what happens. You're stuck between tensions. I'm no longer comparing, but now I'm identifying. And when I identify with two things, I have no identity. So he's stuck between tensions. We later see it when Moses, grown up, he went out to his people. What's interesting is Moses wrote Exodus. So Moses is saying, when I got older, I went out to my people. And I looked on their burdens. And he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people what's happened he is stuck between tensions and you know what's interesting he went down there when he didn't have to go down there because he's stuck between tensions and i love this and he looked this way and he looked that way this will preach right here right this is the whole other sermon right look over here look over here i'm gonna sin right and he's like he looked this way that way and he struck down the egyptian moses you wrote this you didn't strike him down you killed him you killed the Egyptian, and not only did you kill him, you hit him in the sand. Some of your CSI shows, you're like, they're so gruesome. No, Exodus chapter 2 <laughs> is gruesome. And here's what's interesting to me. He went out the next day. He went back to the murder scene. He went out the next day. Behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. And he said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? Meaning, why a Hebrew man strike another Hebrew man? Why would you do that? And he answered, Who made you prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, Surely the thing was known. Then when Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. So a Hebrew boy raised in Egypt now flees to another place called Midian. And here's what's interesting. is often when we're stuck in the tensions, we often run. We run. We run. And I believe God does something with those tensions. But we're stuck in comparison. And when we see this, uh, you know, this, this, this identity or this identity or this is where I'm from or this tension, what happens is we just let it all go and we, we run. And here's the danger, Mike saying, okay, I, I get it, but what does that mean, Pastor Jeremy? Here's what this means. If we are not walking in confidence, that we'll run towards anything or anyone that will accept us. That's what happens. So we go, ah, I don't know who I am. I'm going to hang out with you. Show me your friends. I'll show you your future. I, I just, I need identity. Can I have your identity? Can I hang with you? And so I want to ask you today, man, what happens when we're stuck in compromise? Here's some things that happen to us even on the inside, psychologically. The first thing that happens is we have a paralyzing need for approval. If I'm stuck in tensions, I say, man, if I could just find a little bit of approval, someone can really help me to identify who I am. We're stuck in approval. Here's what's interesting. When you're stuck in approval, you'll do things to please others. And when you please others, you're really catering to their identity instead of what God has placed inside of you. And here's what's interesting. Paralyzed need for approval. Moses murdered the Egyptian, but he went out the next day and started talking to two Hebrews who were struggling together. It's interesting to me that I feel like through the power of the Holy Spirit, this is my opinion, he did something good for his people and he came back out looking for approval. He went back. If I was Moses, I'd stay in the palace. I don't know what you're talking about. But I love this. He said, do you? He answered, who made you a prince and judge? Do you mean to kill me? You should kill the Egyptian? So he has a paralyzing need for approval, but also it fuels your insecurities. It fuels your insecurities. You're stuck in compromise. You're stuck in the tensions. Man, it's just going to get, it's just going to get harder and harder because you're fueling the wrong thing. You're not walking in confidence. You're stuck between tensions. And I love this. So he answered, who made you prince and judge? You mean to kill me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely, and I want you to see this, everybody in this room, surely the thing is known. Surely they now know who I really am. So I got to run. Surely they see my insecurities, my weakness, they see that thing. I feel like on Sunday mornings we get in here and we go, I hope they don't know. Yeah, can I be real with you? I've been before like great prophets and like guys that read people's mail, they're like, you know, you know, in 1960, they're like, oh, that was me, right? I've been before great men and women of God. I'm going, don't read my mail, don't read my mail, don't read my mail. (laughs) I haven't been good, I haven't been good, I haven't been good. it's interesting because many of us we see I want to hide the thing because you're only sick as your secrets and the Holy Spirit is saying I want that thing I want to heal that thing I don't want you to compare I don't want you to be stuck but what I want you to do I want you to give you that thing so you can walk in confidence walk into who God has called you to be and the third thing that happens is there's a roller coaster identity Roller coaster identity. I've seen as chameleons. Well, you know, and I—I I, I think all of us—we grew up in this. I mean, I was literally a—what uh, you call it? a preppy? Come on, somebody, right? The polo shirts and all the different clothes. And and I was a skater. I had skateboard for a while. Used to skate. And, and then I was an athletic person and all that. And then I tried to be a musician. And okay, I'm just kidding. I done. But what happens is we have roller coaster identity because when Moses ran. He ran away from the Hebrews, ran away from the Egyptians. He ran to the Midianites, and he found a man there and rescued his daughters from the, from the well. There's an altercation there. And this, I want you to see this. Moses accepted the invitation from the Midianite man, and he settled there with him. When you're stuck in comparison or stuck between tensions, you'll run. But when you run, you'll settle. And God doesn't want you to settle. God wants more for your life. But the problem is, we settle. A lot of times we'll listen to sitcom or God's word and go, it's too much. I've settled with where I'm at. I've settled with compromise or mediocrity. I've settled. I've settled. And in time, and I want you to catch this, uh, Ruel, <laughs> come on, our girl, right, gave Moses his daughter to be, to be his wife. And I want you to check this out. And later she gave birth to a son, Moses' son, and Moses named him Gershom for he explained I have been a foreigner in a foreign land someone who is stuck between tension someone who is stuck in comparison has now placed that identity into his child can I tell you confidence transfers from generation to generation but also insecurities in comparison, can transfer from generations to generations. And Moses said, I am a foreigner in a foreign land. I don't belong, but here's my son. And there's such a tension. Can I tell you, I grew up in North Dakota, and I have one side of my family, uh, my, my mom's side, and then there's my dad's side my mom's side, it's like Baptists and, and uh, religious people and, and, and all that. On the other side is, is my dad's side that's not Baptists, you know, like uh, uh, they don't go to church, nothing like that, crazy family history. And, uh, and I look at these two tensions, but we always thought I was German and Dutch, German and Dutch. But I kept looking at my skin and saying, there is no way I'm German and I'm Dutch. And so we begin to seek it out. Finally, someone on my dad's side said, well, okay, we're okay, we're German, but we're also gypsy. kid you not, gypsy. And I was like, that's not a, like, that's like a type of people, you know what I mean? That's not like, like what's, and, that was, and for years, that's all we ever heard, gypsy. You know, I was like, is that why I'm, you know, like moving all over the place? Like, what, what does this mean? I have no idea. Until finally one day, my great-grandmother, before she passed, she said, it's not gypsy. But because of the hatred in our family, we actually covered up that we're American Indian. That we're from the tribe of we're Cherokee. And with that, I'm going all these years I said we were one thing. But I was actually wrong. I'm an, I'm another thing. But can I just tell you? I'm so grateful for the cornerstone. I'm so grateful. That years ago, I am being built on a daily basis today and joined together by Jesus Christ, by God's word, because I begin to realize my past doesn't define my future. You can say whatever I am, but I know who I am in Christ. I want you to know that I am walking in confidence of who I am. So here's Moses. He's a foreigner in a foreign land, stuck between tensions, in Exodus chapter 3, it says this. I want you everyone to look at the screen. Moses is out there, and he's working for his father-in-law, Jethro. He's uh, just herding sheep. And also, out of nowhere, I love this. When we're stuck in our tensions, when we're stuck in our compromise, when we have roller coaster identity, God comes to him. As some of you are here today... God's here, and he's speaking to you on the inside It's the Holy Spirit. And I love this. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. But now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me. And I've also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them, the Hebrews. Come, and I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. I want you to see this here today. God shows up to someone who is conflicted. God shows up to someone who says, I'm not Hebrew, I'm not Egyptian, I'm 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 a foreigner in this foreign land. Someone who had no purpose. Someone who made mistakes. A murderer. A liar. A runner. A quitter. Someone who grew up in dysfunction. Someone who was, her mother, let him go. Said, so why did she ever? Why did she hide me longer than three months? Why have to get raised over here and learn their ways? And why? And God shows up and said, I'm going to send you. I'm sending you. You know what God's saying? I approve of you. I want to use you. You know why? You can reach everybody and everyone because I'm sending you. I'm sending you. And I love what Moses says. Moses says to God, he didn't say, awesome! Finally! Someone sees me. He didn't say, finally! I have purpose. I mean, a bush is on fire. And God speaking to me out of that bush, He said, "Take your sandals off. This is holy ground." You know what Moses' reply was? He said to God, "Who am I?" He says, "Who am I that I should go? Because I'm stuck in comparison, man. Who am I? Why? Why me? Why should I go?" And there's many people you're in this room today you're going I don't know who I am and maybe and I promise you whether you're born in 50 60 70 80 for many of us we can go through life thinking we're one thing and we're okay until something happens and we begin to ask this question who am I I'm retired I don't know who I am I'm in the middle of a career and I don't know who I am i the middle of a, a marriage or relationship but I don't know who I you know And you what God doesn't say? God doesn't say, I'll tell you who you are. You're a child of God. You're God's masterpiece. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's in the New Testament. You know what God tells Moses? He doesn't say, oh, I mean, your mom had to, and I had to orchestrate this, and I had to do. God didn't say none of that. You know what God's response was? And I struggle with this as a preacher because I wanted you to say, point number one, if you want to walk in confidence. Point number two, you know what God says? God says, who are you? I'm with you. That's all he says. God, who am I? God says, I'm with you. And that sign is gonna be good enough. I am with you, I don't know who I am. God's with you. He doesn't want you to compare. He wants you to walk in confidence. He wants you to walk in confidence. So do me a favor, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm not planning for this, but man, maybe you're in this room today, and you say, I don't know who I am. Man, sit calm, you be powerful. But I don't know who I am, Pastor. I begin to realize it's not about who I am, it's about who's with me. And God said, I'll be with you. I'll be with you. If you're in this room today, you're saying, Pastor, you're reading my mail. Pastor, it's exactly what I've been struggling with, what I've been going through. But Pastor, will you lead me in a prayer right now? Will you lead me to Jesus? I'm tired of doing things on my own. I'm tired from running from here to there to the next thing to find fulfillment and purpose when I realize that God's with me. If that's you with every head bowed, every eye closed, we just kind of pop a hand up, put it right back down, just for me, just say, that's me, pastor. Put a hand up, put it right back down. Yeah, 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 you see that? Up, yeah, up, right back down. Yeah, online audience as well. Put in the comments, please. Put a hand up, yeah, that's me. I want us to all prayer, prayer together. In just a moment, we're going to go into just one more thing I would like to share. So if you're here today, I want you to say, Dear Jesus, everyone lift your voice. Say, Dear Jesus, say, Thank you for paying for what I did. Say, Thank you for dying on the cross. That i repent repented my sins. Say, "Be Lord of my life. Say, I now know who I am. I'm saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, will you give God a shot. Of praise today? Because the closer we get to God, the less we compare to others. The closer we get. And hear me out. I've done it. Sometimes there are some days I have to stay off Instagram, Facebook. Shut the news off. But here's what God said: I'll be with you, and this will be a sign to you that I have sent you. And when you have brought people out of Egypt, you will worship. God, on this mountain, you worship. There's something supernatural takes place when you stop looking here and there. But when you even when you stop looking in here, there's something supernatural happens when you look up there. And God begins to change you, change your perspective, change what you're looking at. And I love Philippians chapter one. I don't want you to be stuck in comparison. I want you to walk in confidence, confidence of who Christ is, not who I am. who i am in christ and i love this philippians chapter one being confident of this that he who began a good work in you will carry it unto completion until the day of jesus christ listen to me you want to walk in confidence walk with god you want to walk in confidence? Worship God. So do me a favor. Will you stand with me, please? I want you to raise two hands. I want you to worship God and say, God, heal me today. God, restore me today. God, remind me who I am. Because if you want to walk, and some of you are like, this is deep. This is deeper than you think. Now, if you want to walk in confidence, walk with God. Don't compare your life to culture. Walk with God. Don't compare your calling. Walk with God. Don't compare your identity. With God because He created you, He made you for more today. So raise your hands. Come on, worship team. Let's sing this this morning. Because God is with me. So I can't help but worship. I can't help but worship. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift your voice.